Welcome to episode one, the Uncommon <laughs> Cast from the Treehouse, and it is raining outside, friends, and we are all up here with raindrops outside, and the best part of tonight, well, Scott, you're good, oh, our guest thanks. is good, Bye. but we Even do better. have warm mold <laughs> wine that Don made. Yes, we Cheers. do. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Welcome Cheers. to episode one of the Uncommon Cast from the Treehouse, and we have an awesome guest tonight um, that's going to actually... The reason why we have you tonight is because we want everyone to come this Sunday night. What's happening this Sunday night? So the Sunday night we have a Wine and Words at Bernardo Winery. And Wine and Words, basically what we try to do there is uh, reclaim truths about life, faith, and being human. Hmm. And when we thought about that, we were like, hey, we know somebody that has been doing some really great thinking on how we be human. <laughs> and so, Scott, <laughs> we wanted you to come and share with us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> All of us in the treehouse. Scott, I, w- I do want to give you just a little heads up about the treehouse. There are there are two emergency exits. We're okay. totally under code. We ran electricity up here with absolutely no permits. Whoa. It's in not safe. Wet rain. Thank and you. Uh, mm-hmm. when Good I slid down the wet slide tonight upon exiting, I ate chupa in the mud. <laughs> so I, I just encourage you to I exit. Via the ladder tonight. That'll be a new tradition of all your podcasts. Well, it was. <laughs> I was and I have so to say, muddy. we really were torn. Like, do we do the podcast in the treehouse in the rain, or do we go inside? And it was this battle between being novel or being warm. And frankly, being novel won. So one. here we are. Yep. We love being novel. It should win every time. <clears throat> and yeah. it is so you <laughs> to join us for this. Um, I knew I'm you'd say yes. with you guys, of course. So, Scott, Woo-hoo. tell us a little mm. bit about yourself. Mm. Well, uh, I'm a dad. I've got three kids which means I don't sleep much. Um, but I, I have always wanted to be a dad, even since I was six years old. Couldn't wait till I was a dad, which made the middle school girls uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and as a dad, one of the things I love to do is coach sports. I love coaching sports. I've coached, I think, like 17 teams now, Whoa. going on my 18th or 19th. How team. many of those were winning teams? None. Not one. <laughs> not, thanks for bringing that out, Tom. Zero for 18 about a winning season. It's okay. I know so you're a good parents. coach. good luck, parents. Get me on your team. Uh, and then professionally, I run this thing called the U School. I spent a long time in ministry, full-time ministry, church ministry, and working with students, and then transitioned to this education company six years ago. Um, and I don't look back, even though I love hanging out with guys like you. <laughs> you actually never got rid of us. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you may uh, have tried. You're right. We kind of just followed you into the wilderness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've all left and transitioned. Mm-hmm. Well, because God had new things for us, right? Yeah. New adventures and doing things out of the box. and New modes, new mediums, mm-hmm. new expressions. So tell us a little bit of how you landed on U-School then, transitioning out of yep. ministry. Yep. What brought you to U-School? So I've noticed that anytime someone goes through a change in their life, a transition, could be graduation, could be a death, could be move, that stress and pressure goes up. So you feel, you feel stressed. You got to make decisions. Mm-hmm. It's a quick amount of time. And when stress and pressure go up for anybody, even if you're a Navy SEAL, you make worse decisions. You see things less clearly. And so looking at that, uh, and examining the way life works. Life's a series of transitions. That's what a hmm. good friend of ours, Ken Blanchard, says. Life is what <laughs> happens to you as you're making plans. Things change. That's right. So um, watching students, particularly college students, graduate into life post-college, I spent, this is a few years ago, I spent time tracking down what ended up being 400 alumni from college uh, ministry programs that graduated with great degrees, UCSD, USD, San Diego State, 
And I was at first trying to understand from a faith perspective how they were doing at late 20s, early 30s. But then what they said was all of them except for three, uh, my faith is not that strong. And uh, I don't think I'm making any sort of difference Mm. where I am. And since you're asking, since you're curious, uh, I'm lonely. I haven't had a group of friends since college. And I hate what I do for a living. And Mm. the older they got, the more I heard them say, I guess this is it. I guess this is just the way life is. Hmm. And so working with students for years, I just felt, I felt really kind of ticked off about that, particularly because I hadn't noticed that for years. I worked for like 10 years before I noticed and even listened right. to them. And then started to wonder, what are we doing that's off? What are we doing that's wrong from a ministry standpoint, but then from just a kind of a, a structural standpoint. And so I think if you're a high school kid and you don't know who you are, and if you happen to go to a community or live in a community where you're going to go to university or college, if you don't know who you are, the collective wisdom will be, don't worry about it. Just go right. off to a good school. You'll and then you'll figure it out figure, the yeah. wow. And you'll take some general ed classes and you'll uh, meet some people and live in the dorms. And then you'll find yourself. And then if you really can't, just go study abroad for a semester. And then you'll really find yourself. <laughs> and then it just so happens, I think, if you, if you ever interview like college seniors, I'm convinced now college seniors are more confused about who they are than, than college freshmen. Well, I mean, I think I think the great lie is that any of us ever figure out what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're, but mm-hmm. but the problem is is that we we sell the future to kids yeah. with the assumption that they will someday figure it out, even though yeah. we ourselves haven't. Yeah. Well, pick up the college senior, and if if you ask him at Thanksgiving or her at Christmas, so you're graduating, what are you going to do? Right. The answer is usually these days. Well, I don't know but I just want to make sure it's meaningful. I want to make sure it matters. I want to make sure I enjoy it. And uh, then we say, oh, that's okay. You don't know who you are yet. Just get a you master's. Know, yeah, just go get a job. <laughs> and uh, I won't, it doesn't have to be your perfect job, but you'll figure it out over the years. And then I think the ones that say that are the ones that have actually not figured out much of life themselves. And so it's more like, join us. Mm. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Just get on with it and quit mm-hmm. asking these questions. Well, and that's that's the catch at middle age that leads to you know midlife yeah, crisis, crisis yeah, yeah. where yeah. people have realized that wow, all I did was go through yeah. open doors, right, and did what did others what wanted yep. for yep. me and expected yep. of me, and I never figured out who I was, and I actually right. never chose to knock on or go through a door that yeah. wasn't open. And yeah. now it's right? I just done. stumbled totally. into life yeah. and it's halfway yeah. done. Who am I? And that's the, I would call that the script or the story that we're given. This is what you do. This is the story mm-hmm. you're in. You go get a good job. Right. You become a good citizen. If you're a Christian, you go to church. If you're a dad, you coach sports. And don't question it because uh, you're not supposed to question these things. I think the Matrix did well 20 years ago to mm-hmm. <laughs> help us see that there's some, there's some problems there. And I think uh, what I would rather see is people use the time in transition better because transition is a great opportunity to reflect on the story and to change the story. There's actually no better time to change how things are going than when you're changing. Isn't that funny that we make our greatest de- decisions usually yes. when there yep. is yeah. high tension, high crisis, yeah, yeah. high figuring Where it out. to live, who to live with, what and, to do. And yet we haven't pre-thought what our no. values are, who we're about, right. and yeah. so we make Why? bad decisions. Yeah. So how does you school help people do that? All we do is create the space to ask the right questions. And so I'd say there's a couple things that are, that are key. One is figuring out what the right questions are. And the other part, is, well, and then giving space to think about those questions. And um, especially in digital age, so much of us don't want to sit 
and actually think about those big questions. Oh, so that's the worst. alone. Uh, that that enough is hard. <laughs> but then the other part of it Do is you like sitting this close to all of us. This is so well? good. This is I this is it. useful right here. All right. Uh, knees touching, getting real close. Because the other part is sharing out loud, talking out loud with people that you trust about oh, the yeah. things you're thinking about, and in that kind of back and forth triangulation. And there's great science and research that I've done as an accounting major uh, that has <laughs> informed that the good stuff is happening in our brains mm-hmm. as we do both those things. Reflect, think, process, recall, remember, and then talk out loud and have mm-hmm. people ask us questions. And so in that space, people get to clarity and uh, about what we think there's a few important questions that you need to get clear on at every stage of life. And what would those be? Oh, uh, and this comes from good cue. This comes from uh, working with military folks for years now. Um, because I think what I've heard is a lot of people have a different story given to them and decide to go down the military path. And there's a variety of stories for how people get up mm-hmm. in the military. But when you're serving the military, you get these uh, big questions about life answered for you. So right. you go in and they tell you, okay, this is what you believe in now. This is the thing you believe in. We're going to tell it. And you're a part of a community that believes in this. Uh, we're also going to tell you who to be. We're going to tell you what to look like, what to act like, and we're going to give you a vision of that kind of person. How to respond in a variety of circumstances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it organizes Mm -hmm. who I am. It helps me figure out my identity. Then we're going to give you a mission. If your mission is taking out the bad guy or providing lights to the guys who take out the bad guy, or uh, at least there's a mission. There's a reason and purpose behind what I'm doing. We're going to give you a role, a job, and and you're going to know what it is. And then we're going to give you a bunch of people that uh, you can lean on. And that will, they have your back, literally. I've been in rooms with people that say, look at that guy over there. He actually took a bullet for me. Hmm. And so when you're separating for the military, those five big questions, what do you believe in? What kind of person do you want to be? What's your mission? How are you going to contribute and serve? And who do you belong to? Become the questions that no one helps you identify or answer. And so you see folks in the military, uh, just as much as anybody else, but just kind of struggle to figure out how do I figure out life? What do I do next? Yeah, right. And those just so happen, I think, to be the same mm-hmm. questions. Work with veterans has helped me see. Those are the same questions for a high school kid. Yeah. Those are the same questions for a stay-at-home mom that's going mm-hmm. back to work. Yep. What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to be? What's my mission, the problem I want to right. solve? What am I going to do? And then who are my people along the way? Empty nesters. Or for, I mean, yeah. really, it's yeah. the same questions anybody asks at any point that they're transitioning from one yep. life stage to another. Yep. And yep. if you don't know those are the questions, back to Ryan's point, you'll... Google search jobs in Portland or yeah. where are the hit places to live uh, or, or what does U.S. news reports say about colleges these days or what does my dad say to do, which uh, might end, you know, you might get there eventually. But I think most people never recognize those other questions and just kind of give up the search. So you may think um, so many times we think in the context too of of schooling and career, but in the context of faith, oftentimes mm-hmm. we go to churches, synagogues, temples. Our faith is actually scripted for us. Here yeah. are the answers. Here, yeah, totally. here's your purpose. Here's yeah. um, and here's the script. Right. And then you realize when you get into college and beyond, yeah. well, that that script is not my script. It doesn't yes. fit. So. Is there no is there no right. God in this, or where yeah. am I at with all of it? And I'm going to throw yeah. it all yeah. throw it all out. And so one of the one of the most engaging things is to is the uh, the work that's required to find your own answers yeah. to these questions yep. and to and to search for that. And I yeah. know a lot of what you do is creating mm-hmm. the space for people to actually put in the work on their right. own story. Right? And that feels, I think, threatening to some. 
<laughs> if the version yeah. of faith you have is these are the right answers, you have to understand them and uh, assent to them. Then when we come in and say, actually, no, that's going to be, that's actually at odds with what your outcomes are intended to be. Well, you and to I create think that space. you get into any large institution and it's in some ways a, a system that has to turn out yeah. the product, right? Um, whether that's a large business, a school, a church, and in all of the, the military, in all yeah. of those, the, they really focus on what to do. Yeah. And it's great while you're in those institutions mm. because you're not having to answer those questions. Right. You just do the next thing that you're supposed to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Follow the script. But nobody ever teaches you how to be yeah. or who to be oh, right. in and those environments. Or even this, to like mm-hmm. know how to write your own script once someone else is not exactly. writing it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last night at the beach, Cody and I are with a bunch of guys um, – having a fire and just talking about what is it like to be dads. And, um, we just had a friend who recently just had a baby boy and he's like, you guys tell me about being Mm -hmm. a dad. Um, and one of the references I sent you guys a link is there's a book called the five regrets of the, Mm -hmm. of the dying. And, uh, right? everyone should read this, but, (laughs) but really the number one regret, um, was actually not living into who they were. Um, not discovering who they were earlier and, and living into their true self wow. um, because they just went through the doors wow. that were expected of them or open to them. Mm. Right? Yeah. I know that's good stuff for yeah. you school and yeah, good yeah. stuff. Um, it's the reason why we want to start the year off with you, Scott. Yeah. It's the reason why when you um, you just recently had an article on LinkedIn that actually, actually like... You're on LinkedIn? I, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> that's funny. I did. I upgraded it. Um, the, uh, Should we be worried? <laughs> no. <laughs> that means he's looking for a job. <laughs> Funny story there that I'll tell you is after. But um, <laughs> no, I'm not looking for a job. I really love Uncommon Good. And, uh, but, so this this is the thing, though. You you wrote about writing your story for 2019 mm-hmm. before yeah. you go into a new year with new goals and new right. expectations on your life. Yeah. You better understand who you are and right. maybe change your perspective on your own story. So that mm-hmm. led us to this Sunday night Whoa. and with you. Power and of social media. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us um, where are you going to take a yeah. bunch of us at Bernardo Winery this coming Sunday night? Well, I do want to capitalize on that new year, new you thing that people like to do. Like oh, I went yeah. running. I'm a first huge fan of that job. <laughs> Thanks. It hurts. He couldn't get into the treehouse. No. He was moaning. Well, I think one of the <laughs> one of the dynamics that people struggle with in making new goals is um, making it up. So just a mat- seeing someone or being envious of something or feeling some anxiety inside and then deciding that's it. It's, it's going to be run a Ragnar race or it's going to be to grow a beard or it's going to be get abs or whatever it is. Um, and then start going towards that. But those the- are all my goals. Did you- <laughs> what? I was looking at you. Oh man. I, I drive for oh, Ragnar, no. did grow a beard and have no abs. Oh. <laughs> I have other goals for the year. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the problem with that, or one of the problems with that is, you're already in a story. You're already on a path. You're already in a trajectory. And so it's very naive, I think, to just say, I'm going to go in this direction mm-hmm. when you don't spend enough time reflecting it. And there's the term cognitive dissonance. It's like one of those fancy terms we learn in college. But it means when you feel uncomfortable about something, when you face yourself and realize, I wish I was different, or I see someone else and I, and I uh, like the way they are. 
and then you realize I'm not that. I don't have abs. I can't run. I can't. I don't have facial hair. I don't like whatever Ragnar is. <laughs> um, and so I think in order to really change, you have to do a lot more work on where are you coming from. And it's not just the place and origin of where you come from. Like your your backstory, which is the phrase we use a lot, is a bunch of things. It's a bunch of different dimensions. It's about your foundations. It's about the uniqueness of who you are that makes you weird and and eclectic and unique. It's about the moments you've been through that have shaped you. And it's also about the frames you've been given by your family uh, to think about things like family and work and love and friendship and money and all these and faith. And, and so to, it takes time to understand that. But when you do, you can start getting a clearer vision of, man, I like to be like this. Mm-hmm. I like to be like that. Or I like to go accomplish this. Why? Because it flows out of the kind of person I am. It's not just me making it up to try to s- stuff some anxiety I feel about It's not just life. a new shiny mm. thing to be distracted yeah. by. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's why I think so, why so many times, 92% of the time, it fails to have goals in the new year because you haven't done the work to reflect on where you're coming from. It just falls short. You don't have the substance to actually go there. You're making a leap that doesn't work. So we're going to talk about your backstory on uh, Sunday. We're going to talk and give people some a framework for how to understand how to process it, start engaging and helping people really write their backstory. Mm -hmm. And my goal would be for people at the end to say, gosh, there's more work to be done. I'm actually more intrigued about myself than ever. There's more goodness, even in the pain, to explore. And I'm willing to commit to that. And then maybe we'd even get back together, those folks who decide to commit on that, a few weeks or months later and say, so tell me me about who you are. Tell me about your backstory. Because I think it's very sacred when people have the opportunity to tell about who they are and where they come from, the kind of person they are. Ooh, and I remember when we were talking about that initially, like creating spaces for people to, to share their oh, stories yeah. and like, how that doesn't so, so, happen. Yeah, right. in, like mm-hmm. you never have the chance to stand up and be like, church, no, it doesn't. Work, yeah, doesn't exactly. In the neighborhood. And, and it would people be, it's that actually you've known upon. forever, yeah. right, yeah. may not know huge yes. plot lines in your backstory, right. yep. which is crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I talked to one of my best friends on the drive over here. And we talk maybe every six weeks for about nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And we have developed this sort of cadence where we just pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. And then I literally was driving in the driveway and I said, I got to go. And he goes, okay, bye. And then um, the luxury of him knowing my backstory and him mm-hmm. being able to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends, he's the one guy though. Everyone else I know doesn't know right. who I was in high school. Doesn't know the sports I played. Doesn't know what I went through with my family. Um, so I think it takes some time to process that, but I'm genuinely interested in people's backstories and I think everyone else is too. There's something that just strikes us at our core level when I get to hear someone process who they are. And you've talked about before the backstory thing with people in your life and, uh, and like having almost like a sponsor kind of kind of yeah, thing. We so, call it advisor. Yeah. Yeah. It's advisor, kind of similar okay. to 12 yeah, step program. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It's. These advisors, that's our language. I think working with high school kids, teens for years, we used to say, hey, who wants to mentor? And like no one would raise their hand. But then we'd say, well, who wants advice? And they'd raise their hands. So we just changed the language of mentor to advisor. And uh, I think what it means is someone that's willing to go there with you and someone that you know you can share almost anything with. And they're going to look at you like, I don't care. I'm I'm with you no matter what. And there's Mm -hmm. something profound. If you read like Brene Brown, who does research on shame, Mm -hmm. someone who will sit and hold the space with someone else can be deeply healing and also deeply clarifying. And so we ask everybody to pick an advisor, at least one, if not five would be ideal, but we just go for the bare minimum. (laughs) Pick one person that you're willing to commit for a few weeks. And actually what happens that we see in hindsight is it actually rearranges people's relationships forever. 
wow. once you're once you go there. And I think most people want to go there uh, unless they have some serious harm in the past. But most people want to go there. They just don't have the permission and they don't exactly know how. And so we want to structure that for people and say, hey, talk about this this time and nothing more. And talk about this the next time and do some pre-thinking before you even sit down together so that we can ensure like a good productive conversation happens. We truly connect with each other. Isn't that interesting that really at our core, we want to be known. Yeah. And yet there is like social norms that keep us from actually allowing people to know us. Right. And so even your close friends Mm -hmm. that you might see all the time, you have dinner, your kids play together. Yeah. Um, you always keep it at like a, a one third level. Right. You never yeah. you never dip yeah. below that because yeah. you don't know if it's okay. You don't have the permission yeah. to do that. And it's a weird yes. thing to just be like, and now I'm going to share something deeply personal totally. with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been the, in those yeah. awkward moments when someone <laughs> just comes out and does that too. Yeah. <laughs> it happens at church. Well, I, I think I had the the benefit and uh, of having these weird friends that I had in college that I still consider best friends and. One of them, this guy, Dave, I can't remember who started this, but in college, he and I were both going some deep stuff with our families, going through, both of our parents were going through divorce. And I just knew I needed to talk about it with someone. And one of us said, hey, do you want to, and the, the phrase we used was, do you want to have a one-on-one tonight? And it was like early in the day, so we were roommates. And I just knew when he said that, that's, that meant, that was code. That was bro mm-hmm. code for, let's not just, just make fun of each other tonight. Let's not, let's not just play video games. Let's have a conversation. And then uh, 20 years later, if he texts me and says, hey, can we have a one-on-one soon? I know it's like turn off everything and make the call. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the permission and then how do I go there? How do I even um, frame up a conversation to say, can we talk about this? Can you ask me about that? I think it just feels so awkward for most people. So we're our whole thing and Jive and people see this on Sundays. Let's just make this very normal. Let's make this very simple, like uncommon good. Love like that. it's the uncommon word. It's uh, it should be common. Like we use the phrase "uncommon sense" in U school. Mm-hmm. It this oh, yeah. just makes sense when you do it, but most people don't do it this way. And so we just want to make like point out things and say, ask this question, have this conversation with that person, and then just watch and see what happens. And um, it's very simple this process we take people through, but it's it's really profound if people are willing to commit and go there. So good. Yeah, you've mentioned. High school students and yep. military. Like, what other kind of people do you have going through? Yeah, athletes. So we work a lot with athletes. Uh, uh, you've heard of the Olympics? No, committee. So it just so happens uh, again. Back to transition. These folks that are so middle school to high school, high school to college, college to career. Anytime there's a transition, we've worked uh, helping people work in this national organization that does anti-poverty work and it's people again coming out of a story that's been given to them that they've lived in and it's about time to transform and transfer that story to something else and so we do the same thing no matter who we're working with and every time we i honestly think this probably won't work this won't work with homeless (laughs) people this won't work with people coming out of prison this won't work with navy seals but this simple process uh, to help people answer those five big questions works every time that's so awesome. So good. So friends out there in San Diego, and you guys can fly in from any other state if sure. you want. We but welcome this, you. This Sunday <laughs> night, January 20th, we're going to have some time with Scott, with some good wine and good food and time to reflect on our lives, but with intentionality to write our stories and to figure out mm-hmm. our stories for this year. So we welcome you to come join us. What are the times on that and how to sign up? 6 p.m. Uh, it's on our website, uncommongoodsd.com. 
and uh, you can find it on our social media, all kinds of stuff like that at Uncommon Good SD. And uh, just look for Scott's face. If you don't know his face, because this is a podcast, well, <laughs> look. Just make a good guess. Yeah, yeah. you know, Tall judging like by that. his voice. Yeah. <laughs> New School with Scott Schimmel this Sunday. Come and join us. And um, Scott, upon exit, don't go leaving. down the slide. I'm not leaving this place. I'm sleeping. You're staying? Got my sleeping bag. You guys are welcome. There's, is there more mold wine? There is, yes. Yes. There's more mint Oreos. Can I just say something about mold wine? I when you guys first said it, I was like mold. It's so it's it's mold. M U L L E D. Okay. I got it now. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode one. Thanks for being with us, yes. Scott. Yes. And Scott, we thank will, you. Uh, on a rainy night. I hope to make it night. again someday. We'll have you back. 101. One-on-one. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Promise. Bye. <laughs>